1: Some people have called it the fifth gospel. It is called in our New Testament the book of Acts. Some people have mistakenly said, well, it's the Acts of the Apostles, but actually it is the Acts of Christ. It is the book of Christ continuing His work in this world through the early New Testament church, through the Holy Spirit. And the book of Acts is a sequel to the gospel according to Luke. As a matter of fact, Acts chapter 1, verse number 1 says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So, you have the same writer. Luke, the beloved physician, wrote the gospel according to Luke, and then he continues his record in this book we now call The Acts. And that's interesting to me. He addresses a man in Acts 1-1 named Theophilus. Now, we don't know a great deal about Theophilus other than It seems from history he was a a well-to-do man, a well-respected man. And many people have surmised that Theophilus was a man that Luke led to Christ. And that very likely he wrote the gospel record to explain to him who Christ was. And then he wrote the book of Acts as another letter to Theophilus to disciple him, to bring him along in the faith, to engage him in the work of Christ. But the emphasis of Acts is not on Luke, who wrote it, or Theophilus, who it was written to, but rather on Christ Himself, who the book was written about. Listen to the end of verse 1 again. Of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach. And I've marked in my Bible those little words, Jesus began. Could I remind you that everything Jesus begins, He always finishes? He's not finished. He's still at work. And so I would say the book of Acts is the book of the continuing Christ. It is a book that shows us that Jesus Christ is faithful to perform that which He promises, that He always continues what He starts. Paul said it this way, Being confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. In His earthly life and ministry, the Lord Jesus set so much in motion. But my friend, what He set in motion is still at work at this present hour. One of the interesting things about the book of Acts as though there's a definite beginning to it, there is no definite conclusion. If you read the final chapter, Acts chapter 28, you'll find there's no benediction, there's no summary, there's no conclusion, there's no amen. Why? It's almost as if it just trails off. Oh my friend, that's because the continuing work of Christ continues to this present hour. We are still part of the church age. No more scripture is being written, but I promise you in heaven the record is still being written, and we're a part of the same church that's found and introduced in the book of Acts. We're a part of the same Holy Spirit work that people like Paul and Peter were a part of in this wonderful book of the Bible. Acts literally is a book of action, and God is up to something in this world. Now you remember that Luke began as a medical doctor but became a missionary, and that is found for us in the book of Acts. He joins up with Paul's missionary team. And so he writes from a first-hand account about what's going on in the early New Testament church. He explains to us all that the Holy Spirit is doing. The book of Acts is a transition book from the time of Christ to the early New Testament church. And there are several key words. For example, the word believe. Remember, that's used frequently in the Gospel records. It's used again in the book of Acts at least ten times. The word preach is used seven times. The word witness is used 10 times. The word church is used 18 times. The apostles are referred to 30 times. But the number one term used in this book is this, the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad? You see, the church age is the age of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is referred to in the book of Acts no less than 70 times. Now, the most famous record, of course... Is the record of the Holy Spirit coming initially to indwell every believer on the day of Pentecost. And you find that in Acts chapter 2. But the Holy Spirit didn't begin at Pentecost and it didn't end at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit began uh, at the very beginning of the gospel, of the scripture record in Genesis chapter 1 by moving upon the face of the water. Actually, the Holy Spirit had no beginning because He is the eternal God and He has no end which means the same Holy Spirit that was at work on the day of Pentecost indwells you if you are a believer. He literally is Christ in you, and He wants to work out through you every day. The key verse of the book of Acts is found near the front door, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, where Jesus promised, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The evidence of the Holy Spirit being in a believer is not some mysterious thing, not some magical thing. Rather, it is some very plain thing. And that is, they plainly testify about Jesus Christ. Do you remember Jesus said in the Gospel according to John, chapters 14, 15, and 16, that when the Holy Spirit came, He would testify of Christ. He would not speak of Himself. And so I would say to you, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is not in signs and wonders, but rather in a clear testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit is up to, He's telling people about Jesus. And if you become filled with the Holy Spirit of God like you ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the first evidence of that is you'll want to tell somebody else about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Acts 1.8 sets a pattern really for the entire book. It outlines the book for us. It is the explosion of the gospel. The dynamite explodes. The power comes. And when it explodes, it touches first Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then the uttermost part of the world. You see, you can outline the entire book of Acts this way. In chapters 1 through 7, the gospel touches Jerusalem. In chapters 8 through 12, the gospel touches Judea and Samaria. But in chapters 13 through 28, the gospel goes to the uttermost part of the earth. Aren't you glad it did because that's how it got to us, like a ripple effect. It finally gets to us. May I ask you, is it continuing on through us? Is Christ able to continue His work to the ends of the earth through us or have we dead into the gospel? Have we said, well, we're glad we got it we're happy we're not going to hell and we're going to heaven. Have we, have we let it stop with us? Oh, my friend, God, the words of Hudson Taylor, is always advancing. He wants to carry his gospel forward. He's always moving forward. Now, you can look in this particular book and see the progression uh, from, from character to character. For example, in chapters 1 through 12, Peter is doing gospel work. But beginning in chapter 13 through the end of the book, Paul is doing gospel work and we see these missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Look, friends, someone did the gospel work before you, but now it's your turn. It's your time. You can also see the progression in the churches that are emphasized. For example, in chapters 1 through 12, there's the church in Jerusalem. In chapters 13 through 26, the church in Antioch. But in chapters 27 and 28, the church in Rome. Uh, My friend, be grateful for your church, but every church ought to be planting other churches. We should be moving forward. We should be advancing the message of Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, we see Christ as the ascended Lord. But He's not a far-off God. He's not just a God seated in heaven. He is Christ living inside of us. He is Christ working through us in this world. Someone said, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could see Christ Himself on this planet at work? Well, I say to you, you can through His church. He's the head, we're the body, and whatever the head says to do, the body's supposed to be doing. And what is the body supposed to be doing? We are supposed to be in the power of the Holy Spirit getting the gospel to those who've never heard. One of the ways you can study the book of Acts is through the great sermons of this book. I I wish I had time to talk to you about this, but there are sermons to multitudes, there are sermons to individuals, to families, to synagogues, to cities, to kings and governors. Well, the point is this, every sermon, every message is about Jesus. And I want to remind you today that we have one message, and that message is Christ. And we have one mission, and that mission is to get the message of Christ to as many people as possible while we can. Friend, as you're journeying through Acts, realize that your mission on this journey is to get the message of Christ to others along the way. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and use you today to tell someone about Jesus Christ?
0: Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, Scottpawley.org.